Hello there and welcome to the Being All of Us podcast. My name is Brian David George and this is a bonus episode. I'll be releasing a few bonus episodes now that uh, were conversations I recorded when making the first season and they were just waiting for the right time to come out. So now is that time. Enjoy them and very soon we'll be talking about some other things, the future of this podcast. So stay tuned and enjoy. Welcome to the Being All of Us podcast. Today I am joined by a very special guest, Annabelle B. Bauman. Annabelle, welcome. Or B, sorry. Welcome. How are you? (laughs) I'm doing great and I'm glad that you invited me on, Brian. I'm so excited to to, um, tell my story. So Annabelle or B, I have to, you know, you're not watching us, but if you could see me, I'm doing air quotes on the B because B is what you go by. Um, Could you tell us a little bit about your name first? Yeah, it's a funny story. I remember there used to be a commercial call that said, you can call me this or you can call me that or you can call me. So it's sort of, I've set it up like that, not intentionally, but B came about because the thing that I've sort of wrapped my my mind around in my personality is the idea of a B. So that's sort of my totem. And, uh, you know, I even did my communication handout in a hive to create sort of a hive structure. So so everything for me is sort of like this B. And then when I started doing stand-up comedy, I decided that my name, my stage name should be B.C. Tree. Um, and it was because I, I, you know, I'm an older, well, I guess I'm middle, a middle-aged beginner. I always have been a middle-aged beginner. So. <laughs> I <laughs> like B. that, middle-aged beginner. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I see my story. I definitely was not someone who, who you know, who had a, a recipe or a template about how to get started in life. And I just feel like I just jumped in wherever I could get in. So let's let's talk about your story a little bit. I I want you've already mentioned stand up comedy. Let's let's hear a little bit about your journey to where you are right now, where you come from, and where you are. And you can start wherever you want. This is all about you. So B, tell us more. <laughs> okay, well, well, I am the youngest of a family of eight from Indianapolis, Indiana. And my mother had a nervous breakdown when I was born. And so I was sort of moved from family to family until she was well enough to get us back. And so she got all eight children back at the same time. So that always left me feeling a little bit off. And and how old were you when, when you came back? 12. I was 12, 12. years old. Mm-hmm. And so that left me always struggling with this sort of sense of belonging. And it was one of those, it was at a time where I was young enough that I really needed input as to what my future could look like or what I should be thinking about. And I didn't really get any of that. It was like, you know, I did not get any of the memos about how to do this. So I was just sort of catch as um, as you can as I as I was growing up. I think I was um, doing the best I could in high school, and then 
I got my GED because I wanted to move on as quickly as possible to get in the workforce because I was from a, a, a very poor family. And so, you know, the idea of having work was important to me. And I did a lot of traveling with Job Corps. And then, you know, I joined another group for railroad engineers in Minnesota and went to school there. And so bounced around. So, so a lot of my story is sort of, sort of being this finding my path and then jumping from one path to the other. And I finally, and I did what I thought I was supposed to do. So when I turned 20, you know, I thought the, that the um, map said that you're supposed to get married at this point and, you know, put down a house and roots. And so I did that. And then when it started going south, that relationship, I, I had two, we had two children and, and I decided I need to get my college degree. Like, I just really felt like I needed to get a degree. And so part of me thought, or I could go and just go to Mexico because I was in New Mexico at the time. And I thought, or I'll just go to Mexico and become a writer. And for me, that <laughs> seemed like an option. <laughs> and I got to the border and I picked a school which was close to the border, New Mexico State. So, and I got to the border and then some rough looking uh, characters got on the bus. And I thought, no, I'm gonna get off in Las Cruces and go to school. So. That's what I did, yeah. So you 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 moved around quite a bit. It sounds like when you were younger, and then once you once you left home, you also moved around quite a bit. Yes, I was always looking for opportunity, but I honestly didn't know what that was going to look like. Like I said, I would go to schools or to uh, programs to try to find the best way to move forward because I did not want to end up uh, on on welfare or without a means for living. And also I had a thirst for knowledge. It was just, I feel it wasn't, no one sort of, it wasn't really fed, but I always felt like there's more, like there's more out there to know and to understand and there's magic and there's passion. So I knew but it was, and I was just waiting for the teacher, you know, just waiting for someone to show me the way. Maybe you could talk about one of those people who was a teacher or who showed you the way to move forward. Well, I really have to give it to um, my English professor in um, New Mexico because, and, and to the whole New Mexico State University faculty, because I came in there sort of ragtag. I was homeless at the time because I moved to New Mexico on my last two paychecks from work and stayed at a hotel and a, a little cheap dive and, and went to school and decided I would go to school and luckily found some some work just like delivering papers. So I was really sort of struggling and the university was my life then. And I had great a great English professor who 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 felt like I had talent and that I should you know and that I should express myself more so I had people in the drama department who supported me and wanted me to show my work when I had things to show and 
And that is where I really got my basis in the fact that I am an artist and I love the English language. I got an English degree in, in the end with a minor in creative writing. And where did you go from there? Well, once I received my degree, I moved to Boston because my ex-husband had moved with the children to Rhode Island, and that's about an hour hour's drive by, by bus. And so I wanted to be close, and I had the kids the weekends and some holidays and, and that work, and I... I again fell back because you know I I have sort of this dragon in me. I, I I'm actually born the year of the dragon, so you know I have this force in me that says go forward, Annabelle. But then there's always this other voice that says, ah, don't be too much, you know, like don't be too much. And I, while I was in Boston, I could take classes, but I still was in this shell like I was in the shell that said that you you cannot be too much I guess they say from poverty this sense of that there's not enough you know this sense of lack and that there's there won't be enough and and so I was stuck there I would say I was stuck there for and then of course wanting to provide for my children and and I could say that's why I say I'm a midlife beginner because it took me till I honestly, it took me until I moved to Germany after I found my second husband in Boston. We moved to Germany to take care of his elderly parents because he's an only child. And, and honestly, I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm going to come to Germany and I'm going to stay in my shell like my shell is such a nice place, you know, so I can, you know, and it's like I tell people I was hiding in plain sight because I'm an African-American woman in Germany. So, you know, right. and it, it just happened that I was looking for an outlet. I really not around a lot of Americans and uh, English speakers as well. So I was looking for an outlet and my husband found Toastmasters, a speaking organization online. And I thought, well, to hear, and I love listening. So I thought this would be great. Can you speak a little bit about Toastmasters for people who don't know what it is? Oh, sure. So Toastmasters is a public speaking organization to help people who want to be public speakers or to be better speakers to groups, presentation speakers or public speakers. And it's almost set up like AA, where you help one another to get better. And so I found a great group in Heidelberg, and I stayed there six years learning how to be a better speaker, and even became president of the club one year. And that was a big step out of my comfort zone for me. And and it what really was for me, the tipping point was that, was joining Toastmasters and suddenly giving these these speeches and learning how to be a humorous speaker, which I found I really enjoyed, that I, I love being a humorous speaker. And I was online. I think I was online. I was on Pinterest one day, and I saw this this meme that said, why are you trying to fit in when you were born to stand out? Mm, yes. 
Yeah, and, and, it, and that's the way it hit me. It was like, yeah, you cannot fit in. You cannot hide in plain space. So just go ahead. And so that's when I gave myself permission to, you know, dye my hair white and to <laughs> to just start living out loud, which I hadn't allowed myself before this time. So you came to Germany with your husband that you met in Boston. You've been here for how many years? Where you been? Since 2005. Since 2005. Yeah. Okay. What's it like being far from home? I mean, well, home, what does home even mean to you exactly. nowadays? Right? What is that? What kind That's of relationship exactly. do you have with the United States, with Germany, with your children? You know, what, what, is, what is that like now for you? It's very fluid. Um, with my kids, we talk on these different platforms, WhatsApp and Messenger. And I have two grandkids, Cyrus and Caesar. And I usually get to talk to them on the weekend or, you know, on holidays or when I call and they're, they're there with um, my son, Chase. Those are his boys. And him and his partner bought a house recently and they're doing well. And my daughter, she's a, she's almost a major in the National Guard and she's doing well. And, and so, yeah, so my kids are in their early 30s. And so, of course, I would love to be there more and to have them here more. It's been, I mean, they came, I think, about three years ago and we did a family trip to France and um Croatia together and that was really wonderful and so I live off memories and so home for me actually happens to be where my love is wherever people I love are that's where my home is because I know that's where I belong is wherever people I love the people I love are so I really like that belong you know you belong you belong to the people that you love in a way right yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and that's what in love also means trust, and you trust them with yourself. And so you, you can be in those spaces wherever they are, because you know that uh, you can be your authentic self. Mm. Tell me yeah. more about that about tr I really like that phrase, you can trust them with yourself. It sounds like you're talking about vulnerability to me, right? Yes, you're right. Vulnerability. And I have had such a struggle with being vulnerable with people. And I did a series called Leadership Insight that was really profound for me as far as finding out what my triggers are and things like that, as far as opening up and trust and these kinds of things. And it really has helped me to know that vulnerability is a strength. It isn't a weakness. It is a superpower. <laughs> exactly. And I, I also have listened to people like Lisa Nichols, and I and I have listened to one or two of Brene Brown's uh, TED talks, and it's so true that there there's a a quiet sort of strength in vulnerability, and 
I've tried to grow there. You know, I've tried to grow there. What would you say are some of the good? I'm thinking about people who hear this, you know, vulnerability. And I remember I heard it and I was, you know, in theory, I understood very well what it meant. It was just in practice. I just didn't get how to do it. And it's become something that I've been practicing and understanding better. And there's a lot of resistance that comes up in me when I'm called to be vulnerable. So maybe you could speak about how you have overcome some of that resistance for people who are like, but how do I do it? You know, what, what mm-hmm. would you say? Go ahead and expose your throat you know, and trust. <laughs> and trust. Yeah, it's it, for me, it is being vulnerable means to be in my own truth. That if you're standing in your own truth, and whatever that is, that you know that you're poor or that you don't have every tool that you need at this moment to do everything that you want to do, and so you have to go with what you have and be all that you can be, even though you know that's not enough at this time, but it's what you are at this time, and so it has to be enough, yes. Do the best you can. Oh, I forget who uh, one of my favorite writers, maybe was it Toni Morrison, who said, do the best you can until you learn better. And then when you learn better, do better, you know, and and so that's to me what vulnerability is. It's standing in your truth, accepting yourself and then going out there anyway and saying, here I am. It's funny how we try to hide, you know, it reminds me of what you were saying earlier, hiding in plain sight. We try to hide what makes us special and unique because we're afraid that we won't fit in if we show ourselves. And that's actually what brings us closer to other people is by showing our uniqueness, those, you know, what our gift is, what makes us special. That's where our power is in what makes us different. Mm-hmm, exactly. But that's a path too. And and I can only speak for myself that I had that journey to try to to be more of myself and to sort of know that I was enough, you know, because there was this feeling of that you, you're not smart enough, you don't have enough of this, you don't have that. And just say, no, here I am and I am enough because I'm on this planet. And, you know, like the Desert Dita says, the Desert Dita, uh, that, yeah, it says, you are one with the earth or the power, you know, and you have a right to be here. So we all have that right. We were born to shine. (laughs) We were born to express our uniqueness. That's why we're here, is to learn how to do it better and better and better. and. You know, what you were saying, start where you are, like owning your truth. If, you know, if I'm struggling, you know, you you were mentioning, I'm not allowed to be me. I'm too poor. I'm too ugly. I'm too gay. I'm too whatever, you know, I'm too whatever it is. Actually, that's what makes us powerful is by accepting who we are and understanding that that unleashes something within us. You know, when we, I'm speaking for myself, when I accept who I am, that unleashes something within me. It's like, this is where I am right now. And I know I can be better. But right now, and right now, I have got everything that I need. 
to be amazing. Excel. Exactly. And we all, and this is what I love about speaking to, to the vulnerable, to the midlife beginners like myself. What I like to say is that you, you, we all deserve a place at the table. Mm-hmm. It does not matter what we come with. We all deserve a place to, at the table. We all deserve to be heard. And we all have a story. So. I want to hear you talk more about a midlife beginner, because I think that a lot of people say, I'm too old to change. I haven't been able to do it my entire life. What's going to change now? How is it going to be different for me? Tell us about how your life changed as a midlife beginner. Well, how I found it was just like I said, sort of memes and uh, and through Pinterest, you know, putting together sayings and things that actually stir your soul. Find those things. Find people who are saying things that you need to hear, like a Lisa Nichols or or whoever does it for you, and think about what it is that is your calling or the calling on your life, you know, and there and whatever it is, it doesn't have to be some grand thing. It could just be to be the best ABC pancake maker. You know, it doesn't have to be big. It just has to be what you want. You know, and once you find what that is, like you said, that kernel that's in yourself that expresses you the best, then you are able to share that with others and then they see that and then we're all able to grow to get a little bit more light in our life when we see each other for who we are you know it sounds like you're saying you know find a mentor find someone who inspires you who lights that fire in your soul and then start small i think that a huge huge key to change is starting with something very small and just being consistent with that. Exactly. Start with something small and start from today. Just start from where you're at and go forward. And, and don't wallow. That's why I always say a little bit about Lisa Nichols because she's real strong in uh, writing affirmations uh, to yourself and saying them over and over every day. And to, yeah, to, to grab onto today, to grab onto this minute, because none of this is promised. This is all you have is the, the moments in your breath is all you have. And to once I think we accept that and, and say, okay, this is where I am now in this moment. And this is what I'm going to do now, you know, and then move forward. And that's how lives are changed. You know, it's, they say you you misunderstand what you can do in three months and you grossly underestimate what you can do in five years. And how do we get there? It's going to come. Five years is going to come no matter what we're doing. Exactly. So just you go, girl or guy. You <laughs> Dream go. big and yes. go after your dreams. Yeah. Exactly. And it's step by step. It's just yes. what you said. Just what do you have to do? Today, do you have to write an email? Do you have to get a recipe for a cake? I mean, what is it that you have to do that is your first step? And then begin. I wonder if you'd be willing to share some of your affirmations with people who are listening. Uh, mine are 
are sort of more words. I, I like words more. So I have courage, courage, creativity, and communication. So those are three that I that I try to focus on every day. And then dare greatly, you know, courage is is to me sort of what makes life bearable. In fact, and I have other things like I have a book called uh, The World's Most Beloved Poems or something. And I love this book. It's an old book, but it's called The World's Most Beloved Poems. And, you know, and, and they are they're just all of the poems that we have sort of grown up with. I, I even have a poem that I'm that's called Opportunity, Opportunity by Walter Malone. And, and I love it because it says, I actually have it. So I, I'll just read the first stanza. It says, they do me wrong who say I come no more when once I knock and fail to find you in. For every day I stand outside your door and bid you wake and rise to fight and win. And that's, that's opportunity, you know. And so these are the kinds of things that I have around me on my board that I look at. I'm a genius and I apply my wisdom, which comes from De Martini and Stoic. I like a lot of Stoic sayings that come from the Greek philosophers or all the philosophers there. And yeah. And so I guess you can say I have sort of a word cloud in my in my room. So it's it's more of a collage of words and poetry and people that inspire me. You know, we are a work in progress and we are the creators of our story, whether we realize it or not. We're always creating our story, either consciously or unconsciously. So the more that we can nourish our story consciously with these messages, with these people who inspire us with, you know, our personal prayer or mantra or affirmation, uh, the more we can become a greater expression of who we are. And I would love for you to talk a bit about some of the ways that you have expressed yourself, some of the ways that you do express yourself. I know that you have a book and (laughs) and I would love for you the title of the book is Girl, You Ain't Crazy. I would love for you to tell us a little bit about that book, please. Oh, great. Yes. Girl, You Ain't Crazy came about um, 2019 when I thought I want to write a self-help book that helps me as well, a humorous self-help book. And so the, um, the titles in that book is sort of, again, to start where you are. And I say, you know, begin with what you have and, and be your own, be your own best employee, you know, because I like to say that sometimes you think I didn't do that. Like the person who started it isn't the person you're going to be when you finish, you will be someone bigger or or more, you'll have more. But the person who starts it for you, that's that self that you begin with. It sounds like you're talking about kind of a journey. And, and I'm, I'm interested to hear that. You know, you said the person you are, something, something like the person you are when you finish is not the person you were when you started. Who were you when you started that book? And who were you when you finished it? Well, it's funny. What I realized, I have a chapter called Don't Fire the Help. And the help is that person inside you that wants this thing to be done, who has the idea 
or if it's not the person inside you, because I, you know, I believe as Walt Whitman said, we, we, we hold multitudes. So inside yourself, you know, this person who maybe gets a spark for an idea. And then there is that part of you that says, okay, I'm going to sit down and write this. And, and then to, to find out how do you grow to be enough, to feel like you've written well enough, to feel like you've finished your story well enough. So that part of me is probably when I started was a little bit more, a little bit more nervous about being out in public, a little bit hesitant, but a can-do spirit. Like I do have a can-do spirit. So um, yeah, so then I got started. And now after I've wrote uh, Girl, You Ain't Crazy, which is sort of autobiographical, but I try to point out strategies that would help another person because I think that that's really powerful like the first chapter is how do we learn who we are you know and then I talk about my journey and how you know I was seven inside the kitchen cabinet picking the wings off flies because I thought that would help me to become to have a superpower Mm. and yeah, yeah, I was a strange child. We're but... all strange children. <laughs> well, strange. What does strange mean? We are all... Creative. Creative, exactly. Yes, exactly. And and so a lot of my time as a child and growing up was shaped by the fact that my mother had a nervous breakdown when I when I was born. And so I didn't spend a lot of time with her. And I also at some point needed therapy as a teenager and and looked for help. And so I wanted the book to also be about what I learned and what we all need to know, which is that we are not alone, that we're all doing it the best we can. And, you know, we're all standing on this ball, which is spinning and hurling through space. (laughs) So so we're going to get dizzy. So just live with it. It's, I love the way that you put things into perspective just then, because it's true. We have one life. We are just these little animals walking on two legs on a ball that's spinning around in the middle of nowhere. And we get so caught up in little insignificant things, you know, when we really can, we're so, we're magical beings, you know, I mean, like we can literally create anything that we can imagine. So mm-hmm. when you're oh, talking yeah. about how do we learn who we are, how do we learn? I mean, what, what would you say? How do we learn that we are these magical creatures that can do whatever we can imagine? Yeah, I think how we learn is by uncovering that legend that is within us. And, and I say this because, because we all have a legend. We all have sort of um, that uh, journey, a journey that's inside us, like you said, we're put on this earth to make a way to grow and to find out who we are supposed to be. So we're in this developing phase all of our lives. And some of us think, you know, that it comes with a guarantee or it comes with a, it didn't come with a manual. It didn't come with any instructions. (laughs) So you are right, whatever you're doing at this moment and to evolve from that. And, and to just let yourself become 
the best expression of yourself that you can. We're all figuring it out. And the more that we try to act like we've all got it figured out, this is one of my, oh my God, you know, I, if I'm going to be vulnerable, I'm the one who knows best. <laughs> That's one of my go-to personality tendencies is like, oh, I know how to do this. I know best. And that actually it works against me quite often because we're all like, I'm here to learn and I'm a work in progress and I'm constantly getting it wrong. And the more I share that, the more that I actually do learn because people are willing to say, hey, I'll help you out. This, I'm maybe two steps ahead of you in this. This is what I've learned. Does that help you? Yes, exactly. Exactly. And that's what I tried to, to point out in the book uh, that you, we're all here together to help one another and to, and to sort of try to, to be that mirror or that flame for one another. For the best thing. But you asked, I remember you asked me, what do I do that's creative? So right now I'm working on a one woman show uh, that's called Pussy Lanimous. And uh, Pussy Lanimous means coward, you know. And, and like I said, that was a lot, a big portion of my story when I was younger was this being afraid. And that's sort of what the book sort of looks at too, is, is why. Yeah. When this is it, and we so, as you said, get in lockstep and become like, you know, a colony of ants or a beehive. But we have to be willing, like you said, to break that up and to let the air in. I really like what you just said, you know, with the book and with your one woman show. I'm going to take that back to to be a mirror or a flame for others. I would love to hear you talk about how you see your work, your creative work, being that mirror or flame for others? Like what, what is your mission with this work that you do? Well, my mission is to create passionate communication, communication between all of us that works because we are sort of all, we are all broken. We are all just this sort of mass of emotions and history that some of it is not even our own history. It's the history that we were born with, that we were given. And so we have all of these tapes that are playing inside of us. And so if I can creatively write something that people laugh at and can look at and say, yeah, i I know that, or that's me, or I don't want that to be me, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I can serve as a warning, too. I don't care. <laughs> be careful. Don't do this. Yeah, like, don't, don't try this at home. <laughs> exactly. Don't do the things I've done. But, yeah, and I'm happy to do that. And I, and that's what I feel is the calling on my life, to, to be this. And I feel like humor is rebellion, you know? It's the way of saying hey, do not take this too seriously. You know, just enjoy it because you don't know how long you have and you don't know what's coming. So to live in the moment, which is, you know, what people like, oh, Kyle sees or or like I, I always mentioned Lisa Nichols or Brene Brown. I mean, people who, who just tell us to try to be in the moment because we are all, a work in progress. And like you said, at the most, you might be two steps ahead of someone else. But, right? you know, there's also someone who's 
five steps ahead of you. So it, it is, it's, it's all of us working together to sort of pull. And so that is why I can't, even though I'm an introvert, I, I have this need for a broader sense of us, who we are as a society and how can we move forward and be better us. That, oof, move forward and be better us. So what are some ideas <laughs> be, yeah, for doing was, that? How can we move forward and be a better us? Well, I say that it starts with communication. And I created a communication framework that I call Hive, which is honest, insightful, valuable engagement. So this engagement that's honest and insightful and valuable. And I start my workshops with listening and talk people through the five listening styles. There are active, passive, analytical, selective, and critical. And so that's what I would want people to start with is being active listeners to try to, to catch your filters to listen for them because we all have them, be it ageism or male, female, or whatever we're li money, we're listening through a money lens, whatever we're listening through to just be aware of that. And like we keep saying, try to be in the moment when you're listening to another person so that you can make that connection. And so I try to take people or what I want to do is take people through that so that we can come out to sincerity, awareness, and self-confidence, you know, so that we can come out to those things. But we have to start first within and start with, list. I say we start with listening because seek first to understand and then to be understood. Someone said, I can't remember who said it, but but it is the idea that if we can listen and turn off me FM, um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Turn off me FM and listen. Yes, yes. Because it, it really is hard to do. And I don't say it lightly because it, it's like exercising a muscle. If you don't exercise it, then it atrophies. So, you know, you have to constantly say, am I listening now? Or am I trying to do two things at once? Or, you know, am I thinking about that email that I wish I hadn't have sent this morning, you know, <laughs> and then to re to refocus yourself, okay, come back. And we have to do this because our, our brains are capable of taking in something like 3 million pieces of information in a second. Now of that, we can only, geniuses, I think, can manage 40 pieces of information. And then the rest of us are somewhere around six pieces. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. So we have a sort of a conscious pond. We have an unconscious ocean, but we have a conscious pond that we're working with. And so it's, it's a, sort of where we have to bring ourselves back constantly and that's okay that's what we have to do come back again and again to the present moment listen turn off me fm <laughs> and see that there really is a connection between us 
and that it's not, and most people are not really, you know, I was talking to someone earlier, I think she said the Dalai Lama, she went to a, an event where the Dalai Lama was speaking in New York and he said something like, stop worrying about what your neighbor is thinking of you. Nobody's really thinking about you. And our me FM is constantly, you know, thinking about things like, oh, well, I can't say this or I can't do that because so-and-so is thinking this about me or will think that about me or thought that about me. And nobody is thinking about you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> We're all stuck in me FM all the time. And then we, when we turn it off or we turn it down, and we actually look and listen, like you're saying, you know, learning to listen is such a valuable skill. It is the key to understanding is, I, I really like what you said, you know, understanding before trying to be understood. Maybe that's, you know, something that would be inter interesting for us to practice. And so we're, we're coming around to the end of, of our time. Time flies when you're having fun. Yes, it does. <laughs> if you had to challenge listeners to do something to become a greater expression, a greater expression of themselves. Is there something else that you'd like to challenge them to do? And what would I that be? Would, yes. To realize that someday is not a day of the week, you know, and that if you have, and, and that listen to yourself also, you know, when you're alone to listen to yourself, what is your heart saying to you? What is it that you want to do? And listen to that. So listen to yourself, too. Uh. Listen to yourself. How many people avoid listening to themselves? Exactly. Right? Exactly. And, and it's all, I mean, and, and I don't say it enough, and maybe I should say it more about journaling, just because, like I said, I'm more of a collage of words type of person. But do it however you need to do it but try to pull together what's going through your mind and what's important to you and get that somewhere on paper or you know in a recording and just and then listen to it a couple of days after but try to understand where you are coming from listening to your you know one of the things that they often say in meditation is it's not about stopping your thoughts it's about letting them go by and that thing that comes up over and over and over again is probably asking for you to listen to it, oh, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think also by, like you were saying, by journaling or recording yourself, when we hear a pattern come up over and over and over again, it's probably something that wants our attention. So listening to yourself is understanding what you need in a way, what things you need to face in your own life, what things we need to face in our own lives and, to move and forward. And I just want to just want to say with that that if you need help please reach out and find the help that you need you know um, because yes we're all facing a battle so yes definitely take care of yourself everyone we I, I love this everyone you meet is facing a battle or is fighting a battle you know nothing about so yes. we're all in our own battles we're all in our own struggles and that's normal and human and that's why we're here is to be here for each other and mm -hmm. to help each other so reach out mm -hmm. that's a great that's a great idea. Great piece of advice. Well, you are a force of nature and I am so honored to have spent some time listening to you, talking about your story, talking about your journey. It's been a unique pleasure for me. So thank you so much for coming and agreeing to be here. Thank you for having me. It's been a lot of fun for me as well. 
if you all want to know more about B and maybe her book or her one a moment show or follow her, we will put some links in the show notes to where you can find out more about B, the Queen B. <laughs> the Queen B. Thank you so much, B. Yeah, thank you, friend.